Welcome to SageCast, the podcast of Pomona College. I'm Patty Vest. And I'm Marilyn Thompson. We've got another great episode today as we continue our series on backstories of Pomona faculty, how they came to love the discipline they study and teach. Today we're talking with Rose Portillo, Pomona class of 75, and current lecturer in the Department of Theater. Welcome, Rose. It's lovely to be here. <laughs> let's, um, let's start with your how you've been described. You've been described as an actress, writer, director, educator, and visual artist. Mm-hmm. Do you ever rest? Is it fair to ask which of those roles you enjoy more? Um, it's not about enjoying more, but I, I am more most to home mm-hmm. as an actor. As an actor? Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. Um, well, there's a picture of me when I was two with a hat and a blanket, and the story is that I came downstairs and I told my mother to please take my picture. Mm-hmm. So since I was two, I've been performing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do they still have that picture? <laughs> oh, I have it, because I, that's who I want to be when I grow up. Uh-huh. Who Inter- was that two-year-old girl? It, well, fearless. Yeah. Just fearless, mm-hmm. completely self-possessed, mm-hmm. very aware of who she was, who she wanted to be. Um, before I was given fear and second-guessing. And who did she want to be? Right. Um, who does she want to be? <laughs> she, she wants to be a storyteller, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I want to help people tell stories. Mm-hmm. I want to embody stories. Um, I want to create change, for sure, mm-hmm. um, through walking in other people's shoes sure. and giving that gift of empathy and compassion mm-hmm. and realizing that they didn't know the whole story, mm-hmm. that the audience, whoever mm-hmm. is um, witnessing, mm-hmm. that um, there's more, always more to the story than you think. Has Hollywood always been in your blood? Are you native to Los Angeles? I am native to Los Angeles. Hollywood is not in my blood. Um, I am native to this land, uh, to uh, the home that I live in. Um, it's where I grew up. Oh, uh, was my grandparents' home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all lived together for till I was seven, and then my parents moved up down the hill and then up the street. <laughs> so um, Silver Lake, mm. Echo Park, Lincoln Heights, mm-hmm. Chavez Ravine, all of that, Elysian Park. That's my hood. Yeah, um, oh, right by the Dodgers. Indeed, <laughs> indeed, home team. Um, Hollywood is a whole other invention um, and terribly racist and um, brought, while it has, uh, the medium has brought me joy, the politics of that invention um, have caused a lot of discomfort and uh, anger and... um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't particularly like, I don't like traveling through Hollywood, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. I love Paramount Studios. I love being on a set. Mm-hmm. I love that mm-hmm. a lot. Um, but this machination is, uh, it's very complicated and pretty nasty. You said that the two-year-old self mm-hmm. knew Kind of what, mm-hmm. what she wanted to do. Yeah, and take a picture of me. I'm, I'm a, I'm a performer. Yeah. Um, how did you find yourself 
uh, how, how do you find your way to, into acting? Was it in your background or was it you came to Pomona? When, when did you find that? So um, it, I, I just, oh, I, so I was the third grader who was introduced as a playwright. So nice. um, you were introduced uh, as a playwright because you by were my teacher, plays? correct. Mm -hmm. um, so recess was was for rehearsal. Re recess was for rehearsing, whatever was in my mind that mm -hmm. my friends mm -hmm. wa wanted to participate mm -hmm. with. Were they part of your theater troupe then? Well, I didn't know that, but yes, <laughs> but yes, wow. yeah, um, and. Somewhere in, in, I'm trying to think, if I was 10 or probably around 10, um, my dad started taking me to the theater. Um, what did you see first? Kismet mm. was oh. the first play I saw. I didn't particularly like the story, but oh my God, the sets and the color and the music, it just went deep inside, um, deep inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So tell us, how did you find your way to Pomona? So that's mildly <laughs> interesting. Um, so I always knew, I, so I was always uh, creating mm -hmm. and, and, of course, starring. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> so in high school, I immediately, you know, got into the drama class and mm -hmm. auditioned for everything and um, was uh, shy. Y you... Really? Many actors are sh deeply mm -hmm. shy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was one of those, but also I knew that's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So um, I found very uh, creative, kind-hearted educators. I went to Immaculate Heart High School. <clears throat> so that was in 1968. So I went to Revolution 101. That was the year, they were the nuns that removed the habits um, mm -hmm. changed the way they lived their lives, uh, changed the way they taught. Mm -hmm. They were very progressive and very innovative um, as educators and, is, and in insisting that we all have a creative life mm -hmm. and that that be integrated. So it was the place for me to be, <laughs> it, it, and it was just happened. So... Um, it was college prep school, and it was very important to my father that I uh, go to college. He was the first white collar in the family, um, became a physician. And um, at the time, I was, again, one of, like, I was the second one to go to college. Mm -hmm. and so I didn't know where I was going to go. Um, I went. I did the tours, the UCLA and USA, and they just terrified me. They were way too big. They were mm -hmm. monstrous. The, I just didn't want anything to do with that. Um, but my father also it turned into a real um, old-school Mexican. Um, and I sat with a counselor, and I came home. With, my mom brought me home, and he went, how did it go? And... Um, my mother went, oh, she's so excited now. Look at all the catalogs she brought. And he went, 
oh, that's nice. Just so you know that you're not going east, and the furthest north you can go is Santa Barbara, and the furthest south is San Diego. <laughs> and went, what the hell was that about? And then knock off all the... Yeah. Yeah. So... The stack I, got a lot shorter then, huh? Th- there was no stack. The stack just went on the floor. <laughs> pobrecito. So he, um, pobrecita. he just, yeah, pobrecita. Actually, he his fear, his fear for his, he was just so afraid to let mm-hmm. me go. Mm-hmm. So I'm walking down the school halls, and um, my drama teacher stops, just like she felt it, and went, "Where are you going?" Where are you applying? I said, I don't know. I could, I could, Loyola Marymount. And I don't know. And I really started to well up, and she said, Aww. apply to Pomona College. And only because she said it, I went, okay. She goes, no, apply to Pomona College. There's a really great theater director there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Who was it? Uh, Andy Doe. Andy Doe. He, and she was right, and he was fabulous and really the root of my training. Mm-hmm. Um, he later went on to Santa Cruz, and I'm not sure where else. Um, so, yes, so so that's how I wound up here. I just, I was terrified. I thought I was stupid, um, but I got a really surprisingly good score on my SAT, and people wrote me wonderful letters, and and. <laughs> I walked in, no, because I knew I was going to be a theater major. Yeah. So um, that, of course, was also important on the stack on the floor where other theater places. So, so it it met everything that I needed. Mm-hmm. The department was small, which meant I worked all the time. The staff was great. Leonard Pronko was here mm-hmm. uh, oh. at, at the height of of his. Uh, powers Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so it yeah it offered me exactly what i needed what kinds of productions were you in here uh chekhov shakespeare tennessee williams um all the classics um we had guests from poland and Mm. uh czechoslovakia and um and of course uh i did kabuki with leonard oh really and it was uh, at the time we went to the Kennedy Center, mm-hmm. and the Japanese kabuki artists, the the young company, um, came and did a visit because honored with honored, mm-hmm. Pronko Leonard was very honored. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it was rare. Yeah. He uh-huh. he was the first, and yeah. he was respected, and mm-hmm. so I got to meet all these wow. people, and it was just really. It was wonderful. Was there a favorite production you were in? Um, I can't remember right now. I, I, I'm confusing it with something else uh, that is a favorite in my past. <laughs> but um, I just loved it all. All. Um, and I did a uh, devised piece. We didn't use the term then, but I... Um, as a as a director, uh, created a devised piece mm. one year. Um, Did you still write? Well, so in that devising, I was actually writing and mosaicing a piece together. Mm. So 
it's interesting that I much later became a mosaic artist, mm-hmm. oh. you know. So, yeah. But there was freedom to, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. It, it, was, it was really good for me. And I started working right away after um, college. You so. got a, a pretty important role after college. I did. Tell us about it, that. It was a couple of years. Um, I was doing shorts and um, getting my feet wet, learning what the camera was about also. And there was, I, I was also really lucky in, um, at the time there was a series called Police Story, and you might remember. Um, they were um, really two-hour movies of the week mm. with different casts every week, but always focused on a police story, mm-hmm. right? So um, I landed a lead role in one, and of course it was a border crossing story, mm-hmm. of course. Um, but but it was wonderful, mm-hmm. and so that gave me a little shine, a glimmer of shine. And then uh, I had just booked a, a film. This is, this is a sigh. It, it, <laughs> it will mean something to some people. Robbie Benson was um, very popular at the time, a heartthrob. White. And so he was playing a gangster. Oh, no. And um, I was his cousin, and, there, and of course, there's a throwdown at the quinceanera party and whatever. So, so that's all. You know, I'm young. That's when I like to say, and I said many years. First of all, I boycotted the movie after I made it, and um, it taught me to read a whole script, mm-hmm. oh. to know what the whole story is, not mm-hmm. just your story. Mm-hmm. So that was good, you know, teachable moment there. But the other thing that happened was I then got a call to audition for Luis Valdez Mm -hmm. of Teatro Campesino, who had been commissioned by Gordon Davidson of the Mark Taper Forum to write a play called Zoot Suit. And what I realized, I had forgotten, that I actually did a reading of this play also, at the taper mm-hmm. one time they, they called me in and so I did that and then but now I'm auditioning and my agent calls and says um, oh I'm sorry you can't you can't it's pointless you can't because um, the dates conflict with with this Robbie Benson film and I went no 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 I'm auditioning for Luis Valdez I'm terrified too but I am can't miss that and they went, well, no, you have this commitment. And I said, okay, listen to me. That's a job. This is a dream. I'm going. Mm-hmm. And I did, and I got the job, and um, somehow they worked it out. So I did both. What was that experience like? Which one? So the other one we already know, and it was basically just a couple <laughs> of days of my life. Um, uh, it was amazing. It it truly was because he was also still in process, hmm. right? 
the, the play was in development. It was still being created as, as it happened, as, you know, as we were rehearsing. So we all had a voice in what happened. Mm-hmm. We all um, were heard. Um, it was a very, it was a wonderful situation of, I don't know what should happen right here. I just, I just don't know, he would say. And then we'd go, well, well what about this? Well, well, what about that? You know, or um, he, I had, my character changed a lot um, because he was taking what he saw from me, mm-hmm. right? Um, and what it meant to the city, there was, there was what it meant to us, mm-hmm. right? We, we were very young. I, I had had more experience in the industry than many. Everyone had come from theater. Mm. Um, so we all spoke that language. Um, none of us had been on this major stage. I don't think any of us really had been on a major regional stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's that. We're all together. We're all Latino. There's some white actors, yes, but we're all together telling a very specific story. We sold out before we opened. Wow. What it meant to the city, what it meant to people whose story, literally story we were telling, the, the, the guys that had been set up and done time. Um, it took a while for them to come because they had been so enveloped in shame. Um, and audiences in general of our community felt they had no right and no place to be at the music center at all. Mm. So, so to walk on that stage in full identity and to look out into the house and watch heads that were kind of low and kind of uh, looking to the side, like, should I be here? And then by the end of the play, to see everyone's head straight up, body erect, on their feet, I belong, I have, I, I am, I am, yo soy. It was just unbelievably thrilling. Mm-hmm. Unbelievably thrilling. Did that change the trajectory of your career? Yes, for what sure. Um, it did and it didn't. So as a community member, um, I, I certainly, um, I could tell I mattered. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. Uh, I mattered to the community. Um, I, I, yes, so that. So it was three years of my life because the play on that stage, also I have to say, you know, my progressive nuns made sure I saw 
theater. And, and so uh, as students, we mm-hmm. would be taken. Mm-hmm. And so we saw those ver- the, when the taper opened. And I dreamt of I wanted to enter from the VOMS onto the stage, surprise the audience and enter from the VOMS, not from backstage. And I wanted a speech in moonlight, center stage. I got it. I got it. I entered from the VOMS in a dance, and then I had this big monologue that was in moonlight, center stage. Oh, my God. So there's that. That theater so suited the play so beautifully and Eddie almost I mean that Pachuco (laughs) when he cut through the newspaper he just he was 12 feet high he was just (sighs) okay we enabled our community enabled the um, center theater group to buy another theater it was the first time they ever moved a play it went to the Aquarius Um, it, it had an unlimited run and then we went to Broadway. So uh, the original cast went to Broadway. Some of us moved and played at the Aquarius for mm-hmm. a time. Mm-hmm. Then the second company took over. And then we went to New York. And it was horrible. Why? It was horrible. How um, so? um, There's a real, especially then, mm. East Coast, West Coast feud, mm-hmm. theatrically. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were, producers included, we were all not prepared for the resistance. We were put in the wrong theater because what was the play that was really famous at the Winter Garden that was Latino-based, not written, but based? West Side Story. Of course, West Side Story. Yes, so, of course, because there's music in this, it's not a musical, it's, it's never claimed to be a musical, mm-hmm. but there was music and we're Latin, and so we got to be in the Winter Garden, so we all shrunk. And suddenly, we're all in wigs, and I had to fight for my costume because I was dressed like a hooker. And I went, I'm, this is, did you rewrite the play? I'm literally, I busted into a, a producer's meeting and said, I'm, I'm not walking on stage in this. It, no. And I'm like, um, what, 23? Um, I, I don't know where I got the balls, but I did, and I'm glad. And that fearless two-year-old. Um, that fearless two-year-old. Yeah, she lived. So, you know, I talked to the cast. I talked to, um, you know, Luis's. I talked to Luis. He had, God only knows how many battles he was fighting in, in this moment to get this show up and to maintain integrity mm-hmm. and all of this stuff and um so the last word i got before previews was let's just get through previews okay so the yeah let's just get through previews and i said <laughs> do you understand that I am the only Latina in a major role on Broadway right now. I am the only Chicana who's ever been here. And 
any audience, preview audience, there's no guarantee they're going to come back. Mm -hmm. And this is the image they're going to have of who we are, Mm -hmm. which is exactly the image that somebody wants to have of us. Right. Hmm. So they went, we hear you, we hear you. And these are white faces saying this, and Luis is just shrugging because he's, what's the power he has here right now? Mm -hmm. So before the first preview, I went to, I went to, okay, Christmas story. We're coming up on Christmas. I went to Macy's and Gimbel's. And there was enough of a retro 40s look. Um, I borrowed one of the other actresses' skirts that was just a nice pencil skirt, Mm -hmm. appropriate. I bought two blouses. And um, on Broadway, at least at the time, for a show like this, there's always a seamstress who is going to repair anything that that Mm -hmm. rips, right? Mm -hmm. Especially when there's dancing and Mm -hmm. shit going on. So... So I said, could you please make sure this fits me right? And she went, okay. And then I went downstairs. I put on my opening costume, and I said, I looked at Danny Valdez, mm-hmm. who's playing my love interest, and I said, how do I look? He goes, oh, that's great. They got you a new costume. I went, mm. I got myself a new No, but that's what I'm going to wear. <laughs> so I said, I hope your brother doesn't hate me. <laughs> so I wore my costume. And... Uh, at the end of the play, I at the end of the show, a curtain call and everything, sorry, curtain call is done, and I'm going back to my dressing room, and I pass Danny's room, and, and Luis is sitting there. They would often, mm-hmm. often you know, yeah. chat after the show. And Danny goes, hey, Luis, what do you think of, of her outfit? He goes, oh, thank God they finally fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> he went, he went, nope, she did it. And he went, oh, my God. <laughs> Needless to say, the next day I was fine. I had my costume. Well, maybe a couple of days. But they, I said, I get to keep wearing it, right? You're happy with this? He goes, yes, please keep wearing it. I went, okay, great. Wow. So you fast forward. Yes, that's a long story. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, 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 I hope no, you have no, fun no, editing. Fascinating. Have fun editing. No, that's a Fascinating. Great no, I, but, but if you fast forward, uh, there was a, a Zoot Suit revival a few years oh, ago. Oh, yes, yes. Tell us about that. Yes, that was so great. Um, so I find out, I mean, really, I found, I, I anyway, I'm not all that, uh, I do what I do. I'm not necessarily always looking to see what other people are doing. So um, I just happen to be, doing a reading at someone's home and um and then i heard that the revival was happening and i went oh really that's interesting and then i heard oh luis's wife was there lupe valdez was doing costumes for this thing um project and she said oh we just heard today danny agreed to play the father it said, Danny agreed to play the father. So you're hearing, so you're hearing through the grapevine. <laughs> and I'm going, okay. Oh, that's really interesting. And then I went home, and I don't know who I – well, I wrote Louise – I think I wrote, ultimately wrote Louise an email, and I said, 
especially in light of the fact that your brother is returning, <laughs> I would really like you to consider the fun we could have mm-hmm. um, if we both returned. Yeah. Um, but but I auditioned. I auditioned for mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And it was the strangest experience because it was the exact same rehearsal room. Oh, wow. Luis was sitting in exactly the same place. Um, I took my shoes off just like I had that time. <laughs> And we did, and we did the audition, and and then I just waited like everybody else to find out. How many years later was that? Almost forty. Wow. Almost forty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it was so much fun. No costume problems this time. No costume problems. <laughs> no. Um, it was also. Uh, interesting to feel my age (laughs) in that you know there were things that Danny would go but they don't they don't I said no they're young they don't know shit (laughs) (laughs) you know about it's like they we were the research we were suddenly it's like we really we were the wise old sages that were you know giving everyone including the pachuco um giving everyone the benefit of our knowledge, the benefit mm-hmm. of our research. I brought mm-hmm. in all my photographs mm-hmm. and and stuff, and and um, and yeah, yeah. It, it it hadn't occurred to us that like, yeah, they don't know anything because when we did it, we everybody had someone in their family who mm-hmm. lived through that time. We ha- our resources were in our homes. You had your lived experiences mm-hmm. that would inform your acting. Yep. 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 So, huh. yeah. Wow. Youth, what are you going to do with them? <laughs> what do you do with them? You learn them. <laughs> you learn them. <laughs> well, how have things changed, though, in, in Hollywood, in the industry, uh, since the times that you yeah, did Zoot Suit first and then you did it again? Yeah, one of the things I was going to add uh, earlier was that, so three years of my life, right? So there's... L.A. experience, Broadway experience, and then uh, the film. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever called me for anything. That's all I did. Hmm. And then, and then you know, a little something here, mm-hmm. a little something there. Mm-hmm. Was that but because of typecasting at that time? It was because of racism mm-hmm. and, and uh, sexism. Mm-hmm. Um, so through Zoot Suit, through the film... Um, it helped me get a recurring role on um, uh, Cagney and Lacey. This wow. Tyne Daly had a role there. Not, not that it wasn't her influence, but, but I was noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so there were moments like that. But you know, that's a that was pretty much what there was. The best was to get a recurring, um, occasionally. Um, I did a, and I am part Native American, and I did a Native American uh, series, but it 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 was shelved uh, really early because mm-hmm. um, they didn't know how to sell it. They didn't know what to do with it. So instead of working on it, they just shelved it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has just, and then and then, I. You know, 35, you're aging out. Right. So I just aligned myself uh, with theater and started writing and, and 
performing uh, with small theater and and uh, became a associate artistic director of About Productions and did that for twenty some years with the occasional phone call here and there and mm-hmm. um, you know and I and I did work a lot at the taper. I have to say that I I have to remember that that um, through the years I've had some really wonderful experiences there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Homegirl has worked at home quite a bit, uh, big and small. How have things changed, though? Is there less stereotyping right now? now? I, I would say yes, definitely less. Um, is it balanced? No. Um, are there more opportunities? Yes, because of streaming. Mm-hmm. It's it's more mm-hmm. more has to do with streaming, and mm-hmm. so you're able to be your own creative. Right. Um, yeah, in in ways that you just didn't have those doors. Mm-hmm. You couldn't you couldn't have your own door really, then, uh, that would have the impact that that you kind of can have right now. There absolutely, there's a lot more awareness, and there's a lot more. Uh, there are more women involved. There are more women of color involved. Um, I have a, now a recurring role on the Rookie. Um, and there, there, it's it's nice to see the variety right. <laughs> of, right. of color on the screen. Yeah. There, you know, yeah. um, but I think it's also still, um, you know, now I'm grandma. Right. I don't mind being grandma, but I don't want to be the grandma. <laughs> I, I, como me duele mis pies. I, no, no, mijo, por favor, come, come. Right. I mean, come on, this is me. Mm-hmm. And I've yet to see me. Right. I've yet to see me. So. So let's talk about Encanto. Okay. <laughs> okay. Encanto was joy. Just <laughs> I love the team. I love the story. I love that mm-hmm. it uh, included the um, included revolution, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, e- even when a, a friend will go, "Well, you know, I have problems with it." I go, "Well, of course you do. Of course you do." But it's ha- can you name me a Disney movie that has actually? I was going to say it's a Disney the, movie. <laughs> brought this in I mean come on mm-hmm. um, so I'm really uh, pleased with the outcome I am I I am uh, so full of respect for the creatives who brought it together mm-hmm. who um, oh my god animation is just the work involved I mean sit through those closing credits there's enough in the beginning, but sit through those closing credits. Mm-hmm. It's like 15, you know? 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about your role. So for those who may not know, um, your role and your involvement in the development so, of Encanto. Yeah, thank you. Um, I had the, the, I'll even say honor, of creating Abuela, the role of Abuela, the matriarch in, in the film. Um, and so that was a two-year process. Mm-hmm. And they go through you know, many stages of their own development, and then they bring in the voice actors. And and you're always working alone. That's, I don't know that people understand that. Mm-hmm. Even even for the finished product, the voice actor is working alone. 
in the booth. You're you're engaging with with the writer directors, but um, and and the key editors back there. So there is a team, and there is a bit of an audience where you kind of can look at a face and go, "So how is that?" You know. But not the actor. But never the actor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so different. Mm-hmm. It's so very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then happily, so uh, I play in the film. I voiced the the role that um, another role that I created. Um, so. Senora Guzman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and we have to slip in a, a quote about you from the writer and director of Encanto, oh, oh. Jared Bush, mm-hmm. who called you just the kindest, most giving, and fearless person I've ever met. Oh. Encanto could not have happened without her. Tell us about working with some of the amazing talent on Encanto, including people like Lynn manuel Miranda. Well, the, but that's what I mean. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I work alone. Mm-hmm. Hmm. with Jared mm-hmm. and the other writers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. When did you see the finished product? Um, when I asked for a link to see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and where were you when you heard it was nominated for the Oscar? Uh, my phone blew up with friends <laughs> letting me know because I don't pay attention. I love it. <laughs> I want to be like you. (laughs) Doing my thing. Focused. I like it. How did you feel when it won? Well. Best animated It's still, it still um, took me a while to realize like, oh yeah, I'm a part of that. (laughs) You know, they won. Isn't that great that they won? Isn't that great that I won? Uh Uh-huh. I was going to say. I mean, you know, it'd be nice if I... Got a little piece of paper to prove it, <laughs> but um, you know. Um, and I thought oh, the credits will always be there. If you it, also, if you watch, um, what was it? The Glo- Golden Globes? No, it was uh, the I think BAFTA, the British Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave them the time to speak, mm. and. They spoke so eloquently. Uh, it was, it just, I went, yeah, see, this is why it was joy the whole time. There was such um, advocacy and uh, gender balance and um, respect for each other, for us. It's, they ran that production at least the parts that I was involved with and what I witnessed, the way the world should run <laughs> and the way it can, you mm-hmm. know, with kindness, with respect, with um, really smart minds, with listening, yeah, with the ability to listen. If we don't listen to each other, on you know, as, mm-hmm. as you are listening to me, as when we're trying to create something, when we're trying to treat people right in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all about listening Mm -hmm. and feeling each other. So, yeah. Yeah, it was was a joyful experience. Um, I'm not Colombian, and it was, I understood that it was really important that um, the main voices be voiced by Colombian actors. Mm -hmm. So... 
You've done some more animation since then. I did uh, Zootopia Plus. Yes, I did. <laughs> I forget. I forget. I did Zootopia Plus. Um, I also did a... Uh, My kids uh, love that too, by the way. Uh, an anime, uh, Seis Manos. Oh, There's an anime, uh, the, the first Latino-focused folk- anime? anime thing. Oh. Um, that was fun. That was fun to do. They they kind of turned me into a monster. Oh, it's anime, <laughs> but they originally weren't going to do that. So. <laughs> yeah, so far from my so there went my backstory. It went away. <laughs> it's just easier to have her be a monster. <laughs> Rose, I want to bring you back to campus. Tell us about yeah. your classes. Tell us about your teaching. How so, do, how do you go about that? Well, I think. So there's this one time I was in a continuation high school doing a program I created there, um, and I was—I don't know what it was this kid asked me. Um, it was after school, and I went, yeah, well, you know, my career has had some dry spells, shall mm-hmm. we say, mm-hmm. or, or um, mm-hmm. things I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me so sweetly, and he went, but Rose, if that had happened, you wouldn't be here. Oh, mm. my. My God, you're so right. Mm. Because really, the happenstance of my life not going the way I expected Mm -hmm. it to go Mm -hmm. um, brought me into classrooms in a much deeper way than I had expected. Mm -hmm. I always expected, and I always did, give back. Mm -hmm. I expected Mm -hmm. to to do that and um, taught acting in, in inner city cultural center and things like that. But, uh, but now I was creating program mm-hmm. and seeing the need, the utter need and realizing, especially in continuation high schools where you're so many of the kids are there because they're actually artists mm-hmm. and they don't either, Either they don't know it, they've not been exposed to the tools, they don't know where to look. Um, So, okay, so let's write a play. This is how we're gonna write a play. No, and it's it's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't, they're so young and have such a tight-fitting mask on Mm -hmm. and I see where it's necessary, and I also see how it's saving them and it's killing them. Mm-hmm. So, so various programs that I have worked with and created for, um, and that was the majority of my life, and somebody was paying attention and so called me to um, see about creating a program here Mm -hmm. and um james taylor brought me in uh leonard pronko when he was chair had me teach a couple of acting classes Uh um and students had requested uh uh they said theater for young audiences and when i went well what do you mean by that then what i heard jim describe my response was, oh, that's children's theater. I don't do children's theater, but I can tell you who to talk to. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, he said, well, why don't you tell me what it is that you do first? <laughs> I went, oh, that's 
right. Well, as long as you're buying lunch. Okay. So, <laughs> so what I do is work with youth mm-hmm. and help them to express themselves. And the joy I have here is to be able to help college students, uh, A, understand that they are creative beings and can pass that on. Hmm. And B, that it is an important service to provide for youth to help them understand that they are creative beings and they have something to express. So, um, so the, the other wonderful thing is because it, it is about youth, I get a lot of students that have been afraid to take a theater class mm. or have felt intimidated mm-hmm. by uh, the word theater, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm happy to say I, I have a lot of sports-focused students. Really? Yes. It's been really lovely. Um, and and so we spend time, you know, skill building among ourselves. And then we go into a high school and um, pass that knowledge on and then start creating together. Hmm. So the first semester is really about that and just it's really about building community mm-hmm. and connection and making connections between um, people who are different from you. Right. Right? So we were at Fremont for 13 years, Fremont Academy, and that was a beautiful uh, case study of 13 years because we the school decided to grow from a middle school into a high school. So ultimately, our product was created by students from middle age through college. Hmm. And then and then you throw me into the mix, right? <laughs> and other colleagues that I'd bring in. So it was very intergenerational. Um, and they really, a lot of bonding and connecting that, that happened. So so first, me- first semester is skill building, second semester is production. Is the, this what you're describing, is that the program you direct with the Draper Center? Correct. Okay. Correct. So okay. this is a collaboration with mm-hmm. the, the Draper Center, mm-hmm. which is about community partnerships. Mm-hmm. And we, so we were at Fremont for 13 years. Then COVID came, and I was at a zoomed into a middle school. Uh, then we came back, and we weren't sure what this was going to be. Mm-hmm. And teachers who had from Fremont who had moved to other schools mm-hmm. called me in, and mm-hmm. so um, we kept it classroom focused Mm -hmm. last year and so this year we're now at gary high school um and we're still we're working with an english department um with miss ramos and um miss relis and uh we hope to produce something Mm -hmm. um we're not sure what it will be (laughs) or um but at this stage in the game, I never know what it is. Sometimes we do adaptations. We've done adaptations of Shakespeare and Mexican folktales and um, Tongva legends. So, um, so, and we've done completely their writing productions about bullying, about neighborhoods, about, you know, it, I take the cue from them. Mm-hmm. 
uh, we all take our cue from them um, and then help them to shape and perform. And so at some point in the spring, something will happen in the theater department at the Allen or the Seaver or, you know. So uh, it's a combination of our college students and the performer, the performance and the development and the Yes. The whole process is a combination of the high school and the college and the students? college students. Yes. So we so what we do also is once we engage with the high school, then we're there once a week, um, and then mm-hmm. and then we're planning mm-hmm. the because class meets twice a week. Right. So once we're there, once we're here, um, yeah, yeah. It it's um, it's a real gift that I've been given mm-hmm. to just continue to explore and develop this way of this way of working mm-hmm. and hopefully inspire others because For sure. uh, I'm getting old so <laughs> no. you know but the work must continue the work right. must continue right. um, so um, I, I know there are already some that have changed their life path mm-hmm. and are now educators teaching this method of working with young people um, what do you tell in various me? parts of the world. And, and and my other thing is, you know, it doesn't matter what you do in your life, but you can have an artistic approach to how you do right. what you do mm-hmm. in your life. So, yeah. How do you define an artistic approach that they should have in their life? Oh, what a question. How would that <laughs> apply to all of us? I need to write it. <laughs> Maybe I could get my doctorate answering that question. <laughs> Give us a sneak preview. In the next Whoa. episode. <laughs> Just a sneak preview. My immediate comparison is it's the opposite of a corporate approach. Hmm. So it's human first. It's listening first. It's speaking with your heart first and identifying the community need and the personal need, Mm. and then making a marriage of that and finding creative solutions to revealing story, telling story, shaping change. Mm -hmm. All right, let me check. Oh, yeah, almost time. One last last question. Uh, Oh, do you have more questions? Academic focused or your career focused? What are some of the projects, upcoming projects that you're excited about? Oh, um, well, I had a. Um, I really do love being engaged with n- new work. Mm-hmm. So I had a really wonderful summer of. Um, I went to Ojai Playwrights Conference and mm-hmm. worked on a new play that I had previously also directed and. And um, uh, readings of, readings of, um, and I got to play a coyote. Oh. Oh, that was so much fun. Oh, my God, that was so much fun. Um, I recently was at the Geffen doing another new work with this playwright, uh, Matthew Paul Olmos, and April Dawn Guthrie, um, his composer. And for the first time, I went, just going to do it, and they will tell me if I can't. So I made them test me. Mm-hmm. So I sang in a solo show oh. for the first time. Um, so that was that was really great. 
that was really scary and challenging. Uh-huh. And um, I was very proud of myself to say, well, maybe I can do it. But you tell me because I don't want to... F- I want to screw up your play. Um, so that was lovely um, doing the the uh, uh, the rookie again. Everyone was kind. What's this new thing? What is this new thing? Where they're where they're not like uh, what you're late to set, as opposed to are you okay? Can can we go now? Are you are you fine? Yeah, it's all cool. So is that a difference you've noticed? Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. It was rare. The kindness was rare. Mm. The Martinet way of, of mm-hmm. approach. Um, and even theatrically also, the Martinet approach was always very um, – e- even Andy Doe, bless him, um, speaking as a director, uh, mentoring directors would say, you know, you, you just got to walk in angry one day and scare the shit out of them. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. No, maybe you don't. Maybe not. Maybe that's just a really old way of doing things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm, I I did a Subaru commercial. Oh. Uh, it only took, let's see, it happened right before COVID. So, okay, so I was in my 60s already. So, you know, that was a great grandma. That was a very close to being me. It was filmed like a movie, so mm-hmm. it was just, it was Oh, I had the best time. <laughs> I've had a lot of good times. Good. I really have. So yes, I want to. I want to focus back on my own writing mm-hmm. and uh, performing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the nice and 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 we didn't talk about it, but mm-hmm. I do love doing mosaic work, mm-hmm. and I work with broken things mm. um, because who said you're a square? <laughs> who told the tile to be a square? Who who knows the life inside that tile? Mm-hmm. So you take a hammer to it and then you let it tell its life to you and then and you work with that. So that's that's my Yeah, you got to break out of the molds. I like that. Molds are bad. So with that with that life <laughs> with that life advice, breaking breaking the molds. Yes. And let it take shape on its own. Yes. We're going to wrap this up. Okay. <laughs> Rose Portillo, it has been such a pleasure. Oh my to goodness, chat with thank you. you. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you for imparting that wisdom on us. You're welcome. And thanks to all of you for listening. Till next time.